What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel. I am your host and with me today is a guest co-host, my beautiful bride, Miss Amanda. Hey, boo. Hey, handsome. So I was watching this movie no. and <laughs> Andy, it's okay. It's okay. We love each other. Covenant. <laughs> I was watching this movie uh, the other night and it was like a spoof on um, like scary movies, you know, cause I love, I love comedy. Yeah. I love romantic comedies. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've established this, but I also like, like the spoof movies. I look dead at Andy when I said that cause he, he, he was, he was shaming me mm-hmm. when I, when I loved romantic comedies and this I, is okay. As he should. As he, <laughs> this like is my, my wife just, my wife just amen <laughs> you. She amen your shame of me. Anyway, I'm watching this, this spoof. Amanda, I know that your favorite genre is, is the horror genre and it's because you like like the the movie makeup and you want to see the creatures and how they made them and stuff i like it when they make fun of them mm-hmm. and so i was watching this movie and like they had this house was haunted and this guy called his tough cousins to come over and talk trash to the ghosts to get the ghosts to leave and so they show up at the house and they say show yourself real loud <laughs> and they get real angry and then the ghosts like does something spooky and they all just scream and they run away and it's very, very funny. And, um, that inspired me to, (laughs) (laughs) to, to to write an episode of chicken scratch gospel as it it should. Right. And so today's episode show yourself comes to us from John chapter 20 and verse 29. Uh, really it comes a little bit before that in the book of John where Jesus has now given his life for the sins of the world, he's died on a cross, he's buried, everybody knows that he's dead, but now he's risen, and there's there's muttering going around, and there's talks of, of this risen Jesus. People have seen him, no, I've seen him, I've seen him, I've seen him, and one of the disciples, Didymus, known as Thomas, because everybody now is going to go look up and go, really, Didymus? Like, yeah, <laughs> Didymus. Thomas is better. Mm-hmm. If your name is Didymus, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make you feel bad for your name. But Thomas, just tell people it's Thomas instead. Thomas says, until I put my hands in the scars in his hands yeah. or put my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe that Jesus is risen. Yeah. Because remember, they watched the horror of him dying. They watched just how badly this man was beaten and was murdered. And so Thomas is like, that's a no-go for me. He's super dead. And it's been a few days. So, you know, the, the Jew, according to Jewish belief that, um, three, it takes three days for a spirit to actually leave the person. And so on the fourth day, they're like really, really dead. And, you know, we can imagine now it's, it's been a few days now. Thomas is like, this dude is dead. But then Jesus shows up. And I love how Jesus shows up because he doesn't knock on the door. Mm -hmm. These guys are locked up in a room because they're terrified because people know and they've seen them with Jesus. So they're, they're scared. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to be killed. They just watch their friend get killed. They don't, they don't want it to happen to them. So they're behind locked doors and Jesus just appears just And what does Jesus always say when he appears like that? Don't be afraid. (laughs) And I, that's so, that's so funny to me. Like if I could do that to people, 
I, that I would, I want to try it once. Like if, if only we could try this once just to be able to just, just show up somewhere and just look at everybody and be like, but don't be afraid. This is fine. Like, no, I'm super scared right now. You just appeared before us. Jesus appears. All the disciples are feeling amazed. And then Jesus looks at Thomas and he gives him his hand to put his fingers and the scars in his hand. And then he takes his hand and gets ready to put it in. And Thomas is already feeling, you can imagine how Thomas is feeling at this point. And Jesus looks at him and he says, no, no, you said that you wouldn't believe unless you did this. And this is how badly Jesus wants us to believe in him is that he's willing to go to this length and said, no, you said you wouldn't believe unless you did these things. And so he does this and Thomas says, my Lord and my God, and he falls to his, to his face. And Jesus tells Thomas, you believe because you have seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. This, this interaction between a doubting disciple and a risen Jesus is so poignant. And this whole chicken scratch gospel moment, you know, came from this, this funny thing that I saw in a movie. And, and then, you know, as I'm fasting and praying, I called out to God and I've done it so many times. And, and, and maybe you can share if you've done this as well, but I've called out to God in my, in my fasting and prayer time. And I said, reveal yourself to me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked God, is anybody out there listening? Have you ever asked God, like, show yourself, uh, reveal yourself to me. I want to, I want to see you. I don't think it's an uncommon ask. No, it's not. And honestly, I, I like it when people, I like it when we, when we question things too, you know, um, because I don't want us to just blindly go into things or believe things because someone told us, I want it to be from a genuine experience that we have that we are, um, we are living our lives dedicated to a very real God that we know on a personal level. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's good to have those moments. Um, but you know, just in remembrance of all the things that God has already done, but to seriously seek him, he wants you to find him. Yeah. He, he wants you. That's all he's really wanting. And I think a lot of times too, we're so afraid of not being able to get to him that we won't even go to the point of trying to pursue him. Mm. But if you did, he, he's there. Yeah. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to know him for who he is. Yeah. And you know, Moses does something similar in, in the book of Exodus. You know, he just, he just got finished saying, um, you know, here, which is so cool. He's here. He's, he's having these conversations with God where he audibly hears God. He has these conversations and he just gets finished saying, God, if you don't go with us to the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey, this blessed place that you said that we were, if you don't go with us, we don't want to go. And God tells Moses, I look favorably upon you. And then Moses says, then show me your glorious presence. It's in Exodus uh, chapter 33, verses 19 and 20. The Lord replied, I, here's what I'll do. I will make all my goodness pass before you. Mm-hmm. And I will call out my name Yahweh before you. And then verse 20, but you may not look directly at my face for no man can see my face and, and live. And so Jesus is saying, blessed are those who believe and have not 
seen. Yeah. God covers Moses from seeing his face so that God can, or so that Moses can experience the goodness of God passing before him. That's how good God is. Yeah. Like God is that, God is that good that God not, he wants not to hide himself from us, but he wants us to believe without seeing so that we can be blessed. Because yeah. it's a different level of faith to believe without having seen. There's nothing, God is big enough for your doubts. Yeah. I'm not saying that you can never have a doubt or you, we've all, we've all doubted and we've all had those moments where we, where we have questions, right? And I don't think that that's what this is talking about here. He's not, not asking about your questions. The disciples certainly had questions for Jesus when he was alive. Yeah. I, God is big enough for any of those questions. Jesus is big enough for any of your doubts, but God wants you to believe without needing to see him. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Because, man, I have always felt like we all need to have this pursuit for the Lord. Um, there's been times where I've, I've come across people who are seeking him um, out of um, obligation, not really having this connection or wanting to connect with him per se, but kind of like, that checklist of things. You like know, that's what is, they're supposed to do. Yeah, like, oh, is, we're supposed to do this. Yeah, this is what I'm s- supposed to do. Like in, in, in that same way, almost having in control mm-hmm. of this thing when really he just, he just wants us. He wants us for who we are and for how we are. Um, but, you know, throughout time, obviously doubt is something that we always forget. Humans always forget, man. Yeah. And so it's like every single day there is this, you have to remind yourself, you have to, first of all, you have to sacrifice your flesh, right? It's the most important thing. Um, you have to remind yourself of very, um, very like common sense, easy things. You know, you have to, re- we're human. So we have to constantly remind ourselves of the things that God has already done. And that's why I love just reminding ourselves of our testimony. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I have to reach back. God, you are here with me. There's a lot of times where I'm going through a season and I'm like, where, where is he? I don't know. I don't know where he is. I don't, I don't feel him. God, I know you're real. I know you're everything that, um, that you say you are. So where are you? And and there's a lot of moments where good men in the Bible, we teach our kids in Sunday school, man, he's, we're talking about these guys like follow, follow lead. Um, they had moments just like that where they're like, where are you? And it seems like every single time, and he doesn't have to be this kind and this generous. Right. But every single time I can look back and see what he was doing in that season. And it was most definitely for me and for every single person who would ever come in contact with me because I was learning, I was stretching, I was growing. It was, it was necessary. But I yes. do sometimes in those seasons have to remind myself of those moments where in the middle of it, I'm like, where are you? Yeah. And then afterwards I'm going, I get it. I see it. God, thank you. Yeah. I mean, so what it sounds like is that God is really, he's trying to shift our perspective towards growing our faith. Yes. You know, at, at all times that God, God desires for our faith to, to grow. And, and you hit the nail on the head when you, when you said, obviously the most important thing is that we would, that we would die to our flesh. I want you to elaborate a little bit on that and what that, like what that means to you as, as far as like dying to your Flesh or dying, really, what we, when we say that, a lot of people might be like, flesh, well, what a weird word, but like, you know, like right. dying to yourself or making you, your, your, your self desires or wants or whatever, you're leaning, whatever the case may be there, uh, you know, that God is trying to shift our perspective yeah. from, li- from living in a world of me to living yeah. in a world of him. 
And really that's like when you talked about hearkening back to those times, man, I've, I've, but I remember in those moments where I don't see God and I'm, I'm wondering and I'm questioning, I, I remember what God has done or I remember that he's done it before. And really that's what he did for Moses. Yeah. You know, God is saying, look, I'm not, I can't show you where I'm going, but I'll show you where I've been. Absolutely. I'll let my goodness pass before you and you'll see where I've been. Where I've been. Yeah. And you, but you can't, you can't know where I'm going yeah. because he, he wants us to believe. I guess the, the phrase, you're right, flesh, is very Christian-y of me. Um, but it is. It's your selfish nature. Because mm. our selfish nature is really the only thing that holds us back from most of anything. Uh, and, you know, when they talk about not being conformed to this world, I don't believe that it has a lot to do with the logistics of sin, like some people feel sure. like it is, even though obviously we're not, um, we know what the Bible says about sinning. But it is about... The Bible says not to. Yeah. Uh, but it's about a selfish uh, nature because right. the world would tell you you deserve this you can't you know that you right. get away from that you tell them justice is is king there's so many things that this world would tell you about how you should handle and manage yourself but the truth is um we need to be empty vessels for god because if we come into a space with our own opinions and thoughts and we're so surrounded by our own insecurities and um limited in our own humanity, we cannot be what God has called us to be. And that's the whole purpose of even being here. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to minister to others and we cannot do it mm-hmm. if we're so focused and honed in on us and our feelings, our emotions, what we want. Um, it gets in the way. Um, it, it totally gets in the way. And, yeah. and I think showing the world too a selfless love which is not common, it's not, it's not at all what this world has to offer anyone, a selfless love for people, even through their, even through them hating you and, and being frustrated towards you, you still loving them unconditionally, yeah. Yeah. that is an extension of God's love and that proves to people that we are his and that he is real. And, and in a way, if we can learn by, so, so I mean, again, yeah, if you, if you don't empty yourself of you, then how can you expect to be filled by God? Yeah. Really? Because like, you're full of yourself. Absolutely. So how, how, can, how can God fill you with anything that he has to offer you? How can you operate from an overflow of what he has for you if you're just full of yourself all the time? And I, I, wonder, I wonder what that kind of love looks like. You know, it, when, you, when we talk about, you know, the loving people well in this way, and, and essentially what I found in this moment is that what God what God desires is for my prayer life to shift. Mm-hmm. He, he desires our prayer life to, so our prayers need to shift from God show me to God, I trust you. Right. And you brought up loving, even like loving your enemies. Jesus said, what good does it do if you're just loving everybody that loves you? Yeah. Anybody can do that. Absolutely. Like anybody can do that, yeah. but you need to love your enemies. Yeah. Well, I don't have any enemies. I'm not mean to anybody. Yeah. But what, are there people that don't like you? Are the, right. are the people right. that are at enmity with you? Absolutely. Because there are people that are at enmity with me. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's all right. That's, that's, that's on them. But that's a situation where, you know, I can't control how somebody else feels, but what I can control is how I respond to them, and I can love them anyway. Does that mean that we accept how these people um, – treat us or feel about us or maybe the way that they perceive the gospel if it's if it's funky or if it's sideways no that i i don't believe that loving somebody is accepting all of their junk and leaving it alone i believe that it's loving them enough 
to love them beyond all of that stuff that they're dealing with. And also if you get some level of influence with them to speak the truth in love to them and, and talk to them about those things that, that maybe need to shift. Yeah. And if, and because if you ever have a problem with anybody, you should talk to the person about it. First of all, yeah. you know, that should be something that, that should happen because I can give you one of two things that will happen. If you approach me and talk to me about it, I can either give you an explanation from a perspective that maybe you don't know about, maybe you don't know everything, uh, or I can give you an apology because I certainly didn't mean for something to be that way. But, but, but I, you know, that's, that's something that I think shows even greater faith. If, if God's trying to grow our faith, but we're only loving the people that love us, then how grown is your faith? How mature is your faith? If I, if I'm not full of myself, then I don't feel the need to defend myself. That's good. So whenever I'm approached with someone, um, I do I, I don't have to I don't have to defend myself when they're mad at me or frustrated or, or uh, unleashing anger. Or I I'm knowing it's coming from something that has nothing to do with me. That's good. And I don't I don't appreciate you. I'm taking this personal now because you know I take everything personal. But I don't appreciate <laughs> you putting my business out on the street like that. But that's cool. But I I need to learn this lesson. <laughs> My grandpa, and you already know this, Papa Smith. He's he's one of the, the heroes of the faith, for sure. Uh, he would say that, you know, people are sheep without a shepherd. And um, everyone, everyone has a, a story that yeah. they're still trying to struggle with. Whether, you know, however it manifests itself within them, it makes them anxious or gives them social anxiety or makes them frustrated or angry or, mm-hmm. you know, they've been lying to themselves and they can't they can't see the truth. Whatever that is, Um it comes out of them. That doesn't mean I have to take that personal. That means I need to love them so hard because they need someone to, to go, it's, it's okay. What's going on with you? Why, yeah. why are you feeling that way? What's happening with all that? And I actually love to have those conversations because there's so much freedom in getting down to the, the bottom of what it really is because most of the time it has nothing to do with the conversation that's being had right. or the frustration or the fear or the anger that comes right. behind it. There's so much involved uh, behind all of that. And so I can't afford to take it personal because every single one of us needs someone to see through all of that. Because I think that when people are responding that way and acting like that, even if it's a stranger, I've had strangers like cuss me out and I'm thinking, this poor baby, why, why did you go from zero to 60 in two seconds? What's, you know, what's going on with you? Yeah, I remember. Now, hold on. Now, we need to stop a minute because, first of all, I, I know this all too well. Because, like I said, I, I am somebody who is, ta- I, I'm, a, I'm a defender of self. I, I am always, I take lots of stuff personal. And so I'm always ready for a fight. I'm always ready for an argument. But I'm, I'm trying to be better about that. But bringing up even a stranger kind of coming up to you. I remember there was a time when, um, and this, the, to the listeners, this is just further proof to you how different my wife and I are, okay? And, 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 and I love her for this because I'm trying to, I'm trying to be this objective with my life. I really am. But this woman came home from picking up our small children. At the time, our kids were in third and fourth grade. Third and fourth? Yes, third and fourth grade. So they're little. And she had gone to pick up my children. And those of you that have kids, you know that you've got to, like, drive up um, and you wait in this line, the drive through line, unless you guys are those parents that will park around the block and then walk to your children. You're better parents than us. That's fine. <laughs> but like, you know, otherwise you wait in the line and they wait for you to get up to the place to where they see you. And then they, you know, we have this, 
you know, very noticeable car. Uh, her name is Kiwi. She's a Kia Soul, and she's like a he, so alien yeah. green. No, it's a she. All cars, well, most cars are she's. Um, <laughs> that's, but um, but we have Kiwi. Anyway, and our kids are very noticeable. My son gets in the car because he's younger, and so he got out earlier. And so Amanda is waiting for my daughter to get out of school and she's so she's in this line and most people you you park in the line and you just wait you wait until they get out now she's leaving a reasonable amount of space in between her car and the car that's in front of her because people are walking in between the cars with their kids because you're in a school area and a woman did not think that you pulled up enough do you remember this story this woman did not think that she pulled up enough got out of her car, came up to your window, didn't, does not know you at all, started banging on your window with my child in the car and cussing you out. And you came home and told me this story and two things happened. The first thing was you went and I was like, oh my gosh, what is, what is wrong with her day? I wonder what happened to her. What's going on in her <laughs> in her life, that she would be that upset, that she would need to, t- to do that to a complete stranger. You were so like Jesus in that, in that <laughs> moment. In the meantime, me, the normal human being that heard all of this happening, was like, where's she at? Where <laughs> is she still? I got in my car. I drove to the school the next three days to pick up the kids because I was like, I wish somebody would. I'm leaving a little bit of space in between me and the car in front of me, just in case. I'm driving Kiwi. I'm like, yeah, it ain't it ain't my wife and my little son in the car this time. Somebody come bang on this. I'm upset because this person was so so uh, abrupt and so angry and so rude and really violent. But your response was, but I wonder if she knows Jesus. Okay, yes, but... Also, that response, though, like, I have Tony, right? Right. He's sitting right next to me. He's seeing all of it. Um, Yeah. I have an opportunity, too, in that moment to just talk to him about humanity. Yep. It's it's an incredible lesson of, hey... um, this, these types of things happen, that's okay. And me and him right then and there prayed for her because her day must have not been great. And I want him, I want him to know he doesn't have to defend himself that way. I didn't have right. to defend myself. First of all, I mean, she was showing herself in that moment to literally everyone who was, you know, seeing her. Right. I hate that. But I've also, I've also been there where I've made decisions that were... Um, not the best out of stress or frustration or whatever. And because I can relate to stress and frustration and, you know, her trying to pick up her kids on time and she was late and she felt bad about it. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. I know uh, there was so much more involved in it. Um, I felt for her. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like that's a, a, I I bring that up and we're, I think we even got onto this subject because I think it's a different level of faith. I I really do. I think that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a separate perspective or it's a differing perspective of faith that then a lot of people have because having faith in a God that sees everything and that loves everyone and that has called us to, to respond in kind, having that kind of faith requires you to believe without seeing humanity be their best. Mm -hmm. It requires you to believe beyond that. 
And the truth, because my, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, and you know this, you've heard me say it. One of my favorite quotes is Maya Angelou. She said, if somebody shows you who they are, <laughs> believe them. Believe them. They didn't show you who they are, believe them. But then, according to the Bible, absolutely, that's, that's true. People will show you who they are. But according to the Bible, when Jesus gets a hold of your heart, he can change who you are. Well, and when someone comes at you with that, they want you to respond with the same level of um, um, agitation and frustration so that they have something to funnel that into. Yeah. And she couldn't do that with me. And I feel like, honestly, you, you, um, it's, it's your, it is your fault. It comes, it comes down to you. It's your fault if you take it personal. It's your fault yeah. if you absorb it. It's, a, it's your fault if you allow it to frustrate you, hurt you, harm you. Um, because people are going to be people. I feel like I should be laying down on a couch while you tell me oh these things. <laughs> <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> this, but is this, is this a, this is more of a selfless faith. Yeah. Again, this is, this is, a, this is moving beyond a prayer life that says, show me to a prayer life that says, I trust you to, to Lord, I believe this is a prayer life that is just believing and being blessed. Yeah. Really. Even when you don't see the blessing yet, or maybe you haven't, maybe you can't perceive what blessing is happening right now in this moment. I, I do think it comes down to, to absolute grace though. If you fully, truly, honestly understand grace, you're profoundly aware that yeah. you do not deserve it. You're not the only one that doesn't deserve it. She didn't deserve it. Right. Tony doesn't deserve it. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. God right. is so good that he would afford it to us. And that's, that's what birthed the, this pursuit and this love for him because of the grace. But I, a lot of people miss that part. They're not, they're not very good at giving themselves grace, giving others grace. It's, it's, it's hard, but in, yeah. Are we in evidence before people can see? Are, are we supposed to be that evidence for, for, for a humanity that doesn't know Jesus? You know, cause, cause we always ask God for more evidence, but what faith does it take in what faith is there in seeing? Yeah. Like once you've seen something, you don't have to believe you, you, you see it, <laughs> you know it. And it was, it was interesting. Cause like Jesus's ministry too, it was a little bit mysterious, right? Cause he didn't just come out and say, this is what you guys do. This is your checklist. And what you wake up in the morning, do this, this, and this, right. check this box off and then you're saved. Um, he, he spoke, um, I don't know. He, well, in par- parables, like he, he, he wanted us to search for it. He wanted a relationship with us so he can unlock it for us. Um, so that pursuit of him, he, he wants us to find him and have clarity. Yeah. Well, your response though is, is what I'm thinking of, you know, and the, what you're speaking to directly as it pertains to grace speaks to me further to the biblical definition of faith and that the biblical, if in case you don't know what the biblical definition of faith is, that's found in Hebrews chapter 11, and, and verse 1, uh, dependent upon your translation, it'll say something like, faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and uh, it's the evidence of the things that we can't see, or faith is the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And so substance of things that we hope for plus the evidence of things that are unseen equals faith. Yeah. So what you're doing in that moment and what we're talking about when we talk about responding with grace, responding with love, responding beyond the, the action or the reaction of somebody and responding directly to the person 
is responding in faith so that this person can see grace and love and mercy. And that person can, you, you then in that moment are being a reflection yeah. of, of, of this Jesus that you so vehemently say that you believe. Yeah. Yeah, and if, I, and if I truly believe that God is who he says he is and that he sent his son to die on a cross for this woman who's pounding on my window right. because she just can't even, you know, I, that, that desperation that's just screaming up out of her, she needs Jesus, just like I need Jesus, just like we all need Jesus. So, yeah. So I think what we can take away from today, honestly, is, is this idea of instead of asking God to show yourself, let God know that you trust him and ask him to allow you to have compassion and faith to be able to see people the way that Jesus saw them. Yeah. And that, that was something that stuck out to me. I used to have coffee with your grandpa um, often when he would visit, and it was one of my favorite things. Amanda's family, you know, her uncle's, are pastors and preachers and her grandpa was a pastor for 60 years. Her dad is an amazing teacher. Actually, he just, well, I'm never, I'm not going to be a pastor, but yeah, you know, but, but he's an amazing teacher in his own right. Uh, and I would get to sit with these, these men, these giants of faith and just sit and I would never talk. I would just sit there and just drink coffee and listen to these guys. And that, that stood out to me. And I, I believe that it was because he truly believed those words that he was quoting from Jesus uh, or from the Bible talking about Jesus, which was, cause that's what, that's what that's from yeah. to, to that was that Jesus saw the people and he was moved with compassion. Yeah. He had compassion on them because he saw them as sheep having no shepherd yeah. and let's operate in our, can we operate in our Christian walk like that? Can we see people as sheep without a shepherd? Can we have the faith not to ask God to show himself, but to believe that God is in operation within us to be able to reflect his goodness, his grace, his love, his mercy. Thank you so much for talking with me about this stuff and putting all my business out on the street about this. I appreciate <laughs> that. Welcome. I love you. I love you too. Had that, was that a <laughs> laugh track? I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> 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 track. I love oh. it. You have to keep it. That's definitely a keeper. <laughs> that's all. That's all that we got today for this episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Uh, find us on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. And in the meantime, go love like Jesus. We're out. My bad, people.